Ever feel like there's not enough time to exercise? I put that under the microscope coming up next. Welcome to Happily Ever Active, where we crack the consistency code with fitness tips on motivation, mindset, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, author of Feel Like It, and the guy with the silent O, Kelly Dell. Welcome, everyone. How are you? I always wonder how the good listener out there listens to an episode. So maybe you're on the move as you're tuning in this week, like you're on a run or you're taking a walk. And I know many of you listen in your car and some even put it on as you're doing stuff at home, like when you're cooking and whatnot. So wherever you are right now, I'm very glad that you're tuning in. I am, of course, recording in my home studio. And one of my dogs, Bogey, is currently at my feet. He's sort of draped on my toes. And actually, he's got one of those cones around his neck protecting himself from essentially himself because he's got this small cut on his cheek, which he keeps scratching into oblivion. So enough was enough and an intervention was necessary. I know it looks ridiculous, Bo, but it's necessary, bud. You got to stop scratching. Before sitting down to record today, I just finished a wonderful bike commute to my daughter's daycare and back and she hops in the trailer and we zip through the woods which separate our two locations. And it's really become, over the years, precious time because for 20 to 30 minutes, at least today, for example, she sings back there and um, she usually sings a lot. And we like to spot animals as we go. We don't interact with any cars. It's just sort of us, the trail and the woods and the critters, if you will. And this morning was pretty hilarious because... As we uh, were going through the woods, Clara noticed that she wasn't alone in the chariot. There was a moth, a spider, and a caterpillar all in the chariot with her. So she got all kinds of extra onboard entertainment as we commuted this morning. And she's about to head off to school this fall. So I'm kind of growing a lot more sentimental about these trips because I know that we're possibly exiting a phase that I'm going to really miss. Now I can take her out in the chariot on weekends and stuff like that. But this has been a really strong kind of bonding time for us over the last few years. And it's just a terrific way to get active, doing something I love, which is being on the bike and being on trails, doing it with someone I love in a place I love, like I said, the woods. So what about you? Did you have a good week? If you did, if you created some motivating fitness moments, take a moment yourself right now And thank yourself for doing so, even if it was just once this week. Maybe that's all the week allowed you, because that was all that the week gave you. It was all the time that existed. So congratulate yourself. Give yourself a pat on the back. And that really segues nicely into the topic today, at least somewhat. And that topic is time, the time barrier. Not too long ago, I overheard someone asking a very active friend of mine, How do you have the time to run so much? I'm sure you've heard someone ask this before. Maybe you've even asked this of someone. So time has been on my mind a lot lately. And so I figured I'd donate an episode to it, at least give my take on the matter. And time is typically listed in uh, the research as one of the top reasons people don't exercise more often. It's sort of nestled in alongside not having motivation to move and fatigue. And fitness, above a lot of things, is a time investment. It just takes time. It takes time to get there, 
for a lot of you. It takes time while you're there and it takes time to leave. And no doubt about it, that's an investment and that requires some planning. So I wanted to give you my take on all of this and more importantly, maybe give you some food for thought on how to reframe how you think about time and using your time. And as I said, time is a very popular reason why people don't exercise more often. Life gets busy. We have many responsibilities. Some of us have more responsibilities than others, so we can easily get spread very thin. And this really makes exercise a pretty easy thing to get left behind. And at some point, this happens to everybody. So if it happens to you, no big deal. But I want to give you another take on this, on this time barrier, especially if you ever feel frustrated with yourself or even angry um, that you're not as active as you think you should be. And maybe there's some guilt sprinkled in amongst all of this too. Okay, I don't think it's any coincidence that the common reasons, the most common reasons people give tend to be motivation, fatigue, and time. I know these aren't the only reasons. For example, some people are fearful of being hurt or uh, they don't really like the discomfort of exertion. And those are real obstacles for people too. But regardless, I've always thought it interesting that the main cluster of reasons entail fatigue, motivation, and time. And this knowledge, by the way, the knowledge that these are the main barriers for people has been available for a very long time. It's been in the academic literature for decades, and still it's a massive part of the fitness discourse, that conversation, and yet solutions are few, at least quality solutions are few. And speaking of those solutions, how does today's fitness culture tend to address the time barrier? Well, you'll hear things like having no time is just an excuse, that time is just a perception, that's a perceived barrier. And there are some hints of truth amongst that angle. So I don't want to completely discount this idea of perceived barriers. But predictably, there's a bit of, you know, quote unquote, time shaming, so to speak. I mean, there's 24 hours in a day and you can't find 20 minutes. Or you might see some experts say, if you really value your health, you'll make the time. You'll make it a priority. Of course, that's kind of like poking at our pain in some senses. And beyond poking at our pain, some solutions are more practical, right? So that's sort of on the emotional side, almost an appeal to our emotions in some way. So the practical solutions are like trying to accumulate physical activity in small increments through the day, like, um, for instance, taking the stairs instead of the elevator at work or parking your car far away from the front door of your workplace so you can get some extra time walking. And and while some of these suggestions are nice, they really treat physical activity as this robotic responsibility, like hand washing. Again, that's not completely awful, but there's not a lot of emotional return on such practices. And I will interject here that I hope you're looking for a more meaningful or a more meaningfully motivating relationship with moving in your life. I hope that's something that you are after. And if you've really been tuning in the show and you're kind of now subscribed and you're checking in on a regular basis, I'm going to assume that that's part of your mission, that your fitness journey, you want to feel more motivated in your fitness journey. So fitness then is something you want to be attracted to, which means that these little hacks like taking the stairs or parking your car further away are still lacking in 
intrinsic value. That intrinsic value, that emotional return is really vital. But let's go back really quickly to this cluster of reasons, which were fatigue, motivation, and time, those top reasons. What inference can be made about these common reasons, this cluster? And really, what does it all mean in how we view investing our time in exercise? Because in this day and age, we all know that being more active is healthy for us. It's healthy for us mentally. It's healthy for us physically, etc. So knowing that intellectually doesn't always translate into action, never mind sustainable action, right? So first, I wanted to share the nuts and bolts of the conversations I've had over the last decade about these barriers. And again, whenever I ask people why they think they haven't been as active as they'd like to be, they usually give one of those three responses. Time, I don't have enough time. I don't really feel motivated to do it. Or I'm just always too tired. Of course, the concept, as I mentioned, the concept of a barrier being perceived has some legitimacy. Most people, not all though, most people truly have periods of time in their day when they could theoretically exercise. Okay? I really do hate though how people think that this is reason enough that they should be exercising. Because it implies that they're not being responsible or they're too lazy and what have you. It's really tied together to this notion of suck it up. You know, how you feel doesn't matter. Get it done. There's time. Look, suck it up and get out there and do it. And I want to be really, really clear here that even if there is time in a busy schedule, I learned quite quickly, it isn't just about time. It rarely is. And here's where those other two reasons in this cluster, this time, motivation, fatigue cluster, come into play. There's little coincidence that most people share that all three tend to apply to them. So here's the rub. Here's my breakdown. If we take a little more empathetic approach to the time barrier and inject some compassion into the equation, it's really easy to see that the so-called time excuse is a red herring. It's a distraction. This distraction can lead people, I think, to falsely conclude that either someone hasn't prioritized exercise or they are lazy, as I mentioned before. Or even both, if you think about it. 15 minutes. You mean to tell me you can't find 15 minutes to go for a walk, to do yoga in your living room, to ride your bike? Come on. You know, that's the idea. That's the attitude. So what does the time fatigue motivation cluster of barriers ultimately say? It's not as much that someone doesn't have time. It's not as much that you don't have some time, some time in your day. It's that we often don't have time when we feel like moving. We don't have time when we feel like it. Most people don't feel like exercising in the downtime that does exist. As a parent, for example, the time after my daughter goes to bed, which is really downtime or free time a lot of the nights, is the time I feel like exercising the least. And people with responsibilities like these or other responsibilities tend to have time, even enough time actually, that 
the World Health Organization says is enough time to meet the daily requirements for exercise. That's a matter of fact for a lot of people. But it's not just about the minutes that you have. It's whether there's motivation for those minutes. Time where willpower isn't required to get after it. Because keeping with my example of working out after a long day, after that long day is sort of complete, that willpower well to get us going is usually pretty dry. There's not a lot of oomph in our willpower well, so to speak. So again, time as a barrier is lacking a lot of context. And I think it's too decontextualized today in the fitness discourse. And I know you'll understand this breakdown because you've been there too. You don't need to be a family person. It's not that you can't find the time. It's that when time exists, even if you mentally prioritize exercise, you just don't feel like it. Why? Why is that? Well, ta-da! Because when that time arrives, you're either tired or not motivated. It's all connected. So what about working out in the morning? Well, I need that sleep. I'm groggy in the morning. Wait until the end of the day? Well, I'm now I'm tired from all the work. Plus, I've been looking forward to things to recover from from my workday. It's downtime for me to not expend energy, mental or physical. And I'm not judging that. I'm not judging if this is sort of the lifestyle that you're in. It is what it is. And look, there are days when I personally have had time and I've definitely intellectually prioritized exercise, but I'm simply too tired or not motivated. I don't really anymore, at least I don't beat myself up over it. And most of my life revolves around physical activity in some way, whether I speak about it, I write about it, or I'm doing it myself. This is ultimately, this is what being human is about. It's not just about intellectually or mentally willing yourself to do all of these things. It doesn't work that way. At least it doesn't work that way over time. It's not sustainable. So inherent to this cluster of reasons, time, motivation, fatigue, something larger that's worth asking is this. If you don't feel like it when the time arises, why don't you feel like it? Why? And I went down this rabbit hole in episode 27 last week. So check that out again and you'll get a little bit more details about my answers to that question. When I hear people say, you've got to make it a priority, it's a statement that is indeed accurate. I think you need to, in some degree, make it a priority. You need to mentally commit to the idea of being more active. But this is a statement that's vastly incomplete. Again, there's too much context that we need to break down. And if we put it another way, people find it extremely difficult to get out and exercise after they've made it a priority if they keep on having to use willpower to do it. Willpower is an untrustworthy skill. And when we're tired and we're unmotivated, that's when we try to muster up that willpower. And it often lets us down, especially lets us down when you're tired after a long day or you've had some really tough meetings or you've had to make some big decisions. That stuff really erodes our willpower. Also, it lets you down if your fitness plan doesn't include anything enjoyable, anything magnetic that's trying to pull you towards being active. It eventually lets you down if you don't manage intensity well. And if you've got this aversive relationship with with fitness, it makes it easier to just say, no, I'd rather sit here on my couch and chill and recover than go and do that today. I don't want to create something painstaking right now. Willpower can only go so far if there's little intrinsic interest in the activities you choose. Like, 
walking further from your car to your workplace by parking further away, right? If there's no intrinsic interest, it's going to take more willpower to keep making that decision over and over again. It's really no wonder then that when the time does arise, even 30 minutes of free time, people just don't feel like it and other things are more attractive. It's easy for our eyes to wander towards more sedentary things. And again, don't beat yourself up over it if this sounds like you. It happens to everyone. We can pick it apart though. We can get some data out of this to try and move forward. So let's start with the question of the week. If you're honest with yourself, have you had time in your week where you could actually exercise, but realistically, it's at a time you rarely feel like exerting yourself? And secondly, is that really the best time then to try and make something work? If you have to always fight to make it happen. And I ask this because that question really means making it a mental priority isn't enough. Finding or making time isn't enough. It's the feel like it part that needs more attention. Including when there's mental and physical energy or enough of it in your typical week. That's why this cluster of barriers, um, time, fatigue, and motivation is so intriguing. At least it's intriguing to me, but I'm a big dork about this stuff, right? This cluster actually says, there is time in my week. I can look at my week and find time, but it's not time when I want to exercise. I rarely feel like it. And that is always, always the bigger barrier to sustainable fitness, whether you want to, whether you ever feel like doing it. And if this sounds like you, you already know that something needs to change. As much as I enjoy talking philosophically or even sociologically about fitness, I know that you got to be pragmatic. You got to have some practical solutions and logistics definitely matter. So planning out your week, just as some of you plan out your meals uh, for the week is important. But while planning can help make sure fatigue, for example, is less of an issue for you, it can't really overcome an aversive relationship with the physical activities you choose. So what's in your plan is just as important. And if those activities aren't really attractive or you're not really interested in them or you don't really enjoy them, then that also has to change. So for today, what does this all mean at the at the end of all of this? Sometimes life encroaches on us in a way that we do get busy and our schedules change and our priorities change. It happens. And yes, since exercising is often seen as unproductive time, it's easy to brush it aside. But when you finally admit that you truly want to be more active again, but life has taken over, don't just jam it in where you can. Don't just tack it on where that free time exists. And perhaps just as important, if not more, don't just do anything. Don't just pick what's most convenient or you know, burns the most calories in the shortest amount of time, be a little more mindful about your approach. Because this former approach, if you look back at your own fitness history, is unsustainable. It always leads to dropout. Or at, least, at least it does for a vast majority of people. And if I have any mental tip this week, it's this. If you're wanting to make a positive change when it comes to your physical activity, stop stressing about the quantity of exercise. And instead, focus on the quality. That's where 
the attraction starts. And to create quality, realistically, plan time to exercise when you aren't usually tired, even if it's only once this week. Start with one time. Do something you really like too, something you'll look forward to doing. It doesn't have to be super intense. It just has to be enjoyable. Maybe even prepare yourself a little bit in advance by getting some extra rest the night before. You know, address any potential fatigue. These aren't major changes. They're just sort of simple strategies. And in the end, we have this knack, people have this knack of protecting things we value. And we value things we enjoy, the things that make us feel alive. It's easy. It's really, really, really easy to deprioritize exercise when it's a chore. It just becomes a different form of hand washing, right? We can make it way more attractive when we do things we love at times when we have the energy to do it, and even if we do it with people we like being around. Start creating that bond and you'll find yourself vigorously protecting it, protecting the time, especially when time gets precious because, after all, you've created a relationship that's precious itself. With that, thanks for listening today. I hope you're looking forward to the next opportunity to move and doing what's necessary for you to feel that way. And of course, I'll be back again next Friday for episode number 29. And until then, here's to living happily ever active. This episode of Happily Ever Active has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more content on the mental side of fitness. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review the show. See you next time.